In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's liturgy offers to our meditation what seems to be the most famous parable we know. Everyone knows it. Everybody uses it, oftentimes simply to stigmatize the one black sheep we have, we all have, in our family, in our entourage. And this, in fact, seems to be the right interpretation of the parable. The poor sinner, the lost sheep going astray, abandoning the flock. However, St. Thomas Aquinas, commenting in a few words this passage of the Gospel, gives a new light on that parable of the lost sheep. He says, Or the ninety-nine signify the proud, the one sheep, the humble. Hence does he not leave the ninety-nine in the mountains, that is, in their pride, and go to seek that which has gone astray. I have gone astray like a sheep that is lost. Seek your servant, says Psalm 118. So let us then consider the two aspects of the coin, the two sides of the coin together, and see how one should not become that lost sheep, obviously, on the one hand, and on the other hand, how one should associate himself to the lost sheep and flee from the flock to encounter his master. How, he, how easily can one let himself be distracted while being with the flock? How easily curiosity can quickly lead the little sheep far from his pairs? Not only does the most hardened heart and vicious sinner could be considered as the lost sheep, but even the youngest one, the innocent one. And you can go back to the analogy of the flock and see how quick that little sheep, attracted by the smell and color of a delicious plot of grass, or sometimes not even so attractive, but simply so distracting, so good for one who wishes to escape for a few minutes from the daily routine, but too late. He has been trapped and now need the shepherd's hand to get out of it. Curiosity as this excessive desire to see, to hear, to know what goes on in the world, losing therefore the inner peace necessary for any spiritual life. In the church, by paying too much attention to all kind of unfortunate and negative news that would simply increase in my soul discouragement and fear and decrease all supernatural hope. Although none of these news are absolutely necessary for me to know in our neighbor's private life. And this is particularly today, and this particularly today, the evil, precious moneymaker of media. Curiosity, curiosity has this desire for always more novelties in spiritual life in our experiencing of new prayers when we already have at our disposition inexhaustible treasures of prayers, sacred texts, doctrinal teachings, and so on. How many sins we have been easily avoiding by practicing a little bit more the virtue of discretion as opposed to curiosity, making a better use of the time given us than wasting this precious time because of small but rapidly growing curiosity leading many souls to the abyss of perdition. 
Concupiscence of the eyes that finds all its worst development through the over-invading technologies we have at our disposition. Look at the damage caused by the misuse of the internet. Once trapped, only the powerful and unlimited mercy of Christ can heal the large wound caused to the soul, the mind, and the body. Before falling, look at Christ with his arms wide open on the cross, crying out loud to the soul, Thou shalt not. After the fall, look at the horrible demonic face laughing at you, saying, You are mine. As well described by Cardinal Fulton Sheen, Humble yourselves. Be sober and watchful, says St. Peter in today's gospel, in today's epistle, sorry. Do not drink at these poisonous false solicitations and excuses presented to your conscience by the evil one, by the father of lies. Mortify all curiosity. Love the cross. Love the cross of your frailty your weaknesses, your imperfections, your daily difficulties. This is the true freedom of the children of God. And that freedom implies sometimes to be cut off, to be separated from the flock, the rest of the flock. That flock in the sense of the mainstream ideology, manners and attitudes that we witness today in our culture. My kingdom is not of this world, he said. And this is the other side of the coin. A certainly more uplifting side, that of the lost lamb, that humble lamb going astray to meet, to meet his good shepherd and to rest at his side. St. Peter once again announced it. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief stone at the corner. A stone to trip men's feet, a boulder they stumble against. They stumble over God's word and refuse it, belief. It is their destiny. Not so you. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a people God means to have for himself. It is yours to proclaim the wonders of the God who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have to go against the stream of the passions that annihilates man's, man's ability to love and to give himself back to his creator. To follow Christ means to take upon our shoulder the heavy burden of our sins, but with humility, letting him heal these open wounds we have contracted due to our sins. To walk on the path that Christ have, has paced for us with his own blood, means to reject what the world offers, to resist against what the devil presents to our attention, and to mortify our bad inclinations. I have accepted to follow him. I have rejected all the worsened solicitations that the world and the evil one has have to propose. It seems that my spiritual life and my moral life are doing okay. But yet, I feel the heavy burden of my corrupted nature. I feel the weight of the cross he has put on my shoulders in exchange of that love I have promised to give him. 
What can I do? Take, up my, yoke, take, upon, take my yoke upon yourselves and learn from me. I am gentle and humble of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. And again, the epistles of the day, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the time of visitation. Cast all your anxiety upon him, because he cares for you. Do not obviously expect to be delivered, delivered from all difficulty, but pain. Expect pain, suffering. And this pain, this suffering, take a totally new color, a new taste, when humbly accepted. Because the proper of the humble soul is not to act as if everything depended on his own strength, but is to simply tell our beloved Savior, I can't, I cannot, but you can. You take it. You take care of my weakness because I rely entirely on you and not on me. And his answer to our supplication, the hour of distress has been given already in today's gospel. And when he has found it, he lays it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And on coming home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. So during this month of June, let us contemplate and imitate the two dearest virtues of the Sacred Heart, meekness and humility. Let us offer our little efforts, mortifications, prayers, for the souls we know are far from this necessary act of repentance that would open wide the flow of mercy on them. Repeat often the act of reparation to the Sacred Heart. We pray on Friday, Feast of the Sacred Heart. Concluding with this powerful and beautiful invocation, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.